Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello listeners from all across the Wrestling Should Be Fun community. Welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast episode 122. Two little birds after a ton. 122. That's why they don't have three numbered things in bingo, I think. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Similar to last week. Sorry, I'm your host, JCH. Again, we can't find anyone else to do it, so it's stuck with me yet again. But I've got a different man in the booth uh, last week. Hope you enjoyed our getting to know Shad's episode. Enjoyed it myself, listening to my, my mate tell some stories and uh, and listening to wrestling from a less cynical viewpoint than myself, maybe. Uh, haven't got that this week, though. <laughs> We've got one of, the, one of the more cynical members, wrestling fans of the Wrestling Should Be Fun group. It's Brum, Matthew Brummett. Matt, Brum, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad, mate. I am worried one day that Ross may kick me out for being too cynical and not <laughs> not ticking the F element of WSBF. But I've so far so good. It's the, yeah, the opposite of get the F out. Keep the F in. <laughs> um, but we'll kick things off with what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 long. Come on, a la 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 long, a la 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 long, long, long. Now, Brum, this is going to be a Brummet-heavy segment, like a Ben the best Stokes kind of segment. Like a, yeah, exactly, like a Ben Stokes Jack Leach partnership. <laughs> uh, you've watched a load of wrestling, I haven't watched much, so I'll be playing Jack Leach, and you could be playing Ben Stokes. So take me through. Uh, where do you want to start? I know you've watched some TNA, some New Japan, some AEW. Yeah, I've watched a few bits, which is good for me. I've been pretty rubbish with my, my wrestling watching which is obviously what people are tuning into for a <laughs> wrestling podcast, people who don't watch wrestling. But uh, um, yeah, had some good fun. It, I don't think you will just be doing the Jack Leach and keeping me on strike, mate. I think there's probably a few bits of relevance for you. AEW just feels like it's quite interesting at the moment. A lot of stuff like up in the air. Swerve looking like he's getting elevated to the top table must make you quite giddy. Yeah, so that's the one thing I did watch last week. I watched Dynamite and NXT. Yeah, the Swerve, Samoa Joe, Hangman, Hook, Quadrant. Good Quadrant, like all of those guys, especially Swerve and Hook. But yeah, no, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, whether it's going to go a little bit more of Swerve and Hangman, whether they go for like a triple threat maybe at the uh, at the pay-per-view. So we'll see Hook's getting his shot this week. Is it a title shot Hook's getting, or is it just a match? Yeah, I think, it, I think he is, yeah, he's getting a title shot, yeah. I'm interested to see how that goes. He's a very obviously well-protected character. Finally getting him to do, uh, maybe a few more, a bit more meat on his bones, so to speak. And then, yeah, I feel like the swerve hangman, I don't think they should be wrestling each other again at this stage. I mean, it's a bit soon, mm. but if they're going to be in a triple threat, I mean, the argument would be what's hangman done to earn it, and he's lost to him twice. <laughs> he's changed his facial hair. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily in, in storyline a way to earn a title shot, but it is. He definitely looks a, a bit more alpha, if that's what you're looking for. Well, I'm looking for wins, mate. But uh, <laughs> did you see the... Um, I saw something on social media this week. I don't think anyone shared it. I think I just came across it. and It may have been shared, but it was um, Hangman Page's lower thirds. And you know when it sort of says Hangman Page's yeah. record and has a little comment, and they're, they're just stuff like, trying out white wrist tape today. And the next week was like, didn't like the white wrist tape. <laughs> it's yeah, like, they're all great. Yeah, are they still doing those? I don't know. A, I don't know. It looked, good, it looked quite old, but I'd never sort of clocked it before. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. Found it quite yeah. amusing. Yeah, always really good. But yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting about the Hangman thing. I think, I mean, do you, it's such a cliched term talk about transitional champs, but do you think that, do you think Joe will be dropping the title in sort of next couple of monthsy type thing? I know it's not really that AEW and then putting it on to, you know, interestingly going back to our predictions episode, I think a lot of people, potentially even including yourself, talked about Swerve getting the big one. Well, I think, yeah, like, I think, you know, you're getting this, I mean, had this uh, defence against Joe, and it's something AW do, which have a lot of title shots on TV. Not a lot, but like a, yeah, amount. So you can have a four, a three-month reign with three or four defences, so it's not like a one-and-done Sasha Banks reign type thing. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think he... It was a good person to take the, uh, the title off MJF. It was it sort of fit in with what they've been doing. 
if they had to change their plans due to Adam Cole or whatever, or whether that was the original plan from the start. But um, yeah, I don't think he'll be a long-term champion. I don't think they need it. I mean, there's so many titles these days that because of people complaining about hotshot titles that every reign's almost like four years long. We don't need it. I like a bit of change. <laughs> yeah, well, talking about a bit of change, there was a, that was a really weak segue, but we'll go with it. There's been a couple of, um, <laughs> couple of debuts Debuts, as um, Don would call them. I think we've got, talking about on the AWPs, I don't know if you saw that, Jungle Boy Jack Perry rocked up in New Japan. Yeah, I did. I mean, I saw some comments about him in the, um, I think I saw someone had tweeted something like, CM Punk's face when he realises that all he had to do was turn up at another promotion and rip his contract in half to get out of AW. So that's how I became aware that he'd, uh, he'd sort of come back, yeah. Jungle law doesn't apply to CM Punk, yeah. though. <laughs> Jungles of Borneo, wherever Jack Perry comes from. But I think the... Um, yeah, it was interesting. It's just exciting. That whole show, actually, was... Quite enjoyed it. <laughs> Some of the production was absolutely horrendous. There was this... Matt Riddle had a mystery tag partner, which was Jeff Cobb. But when, when Matt Riddle was stood on top of the turnbuckle, <laughs> like, in his entrance, rather than saying Matt Riddle, it said Jeff Cobb. <laughs> it's cocked it up and it's like that is the worst time to get a name played wrong and like, was a riddle was out first i'm guessing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was good but yeah and the commentary is pretty shit but actually yeah there's a lot of a lot of fun matches you got a card rosprey i mean not the sexiest out but those guys just in the same village together is going to be going to be entertaining and mox had a sort of violent hardcore match Always hesitant to call these things deathmatch. I don't want Dom to correct me, but it was yeah, very physical, very violent match. I mean, Shingo was wearing street clothes, so I think that that probably counts. Oh, yeah, but yeah, they, it was um, yeah. that was quite brutal. What's what's the difference between a hardcore match and a deathmatch? <laughs> Someone must die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think ask Dom. Maybe it's more about the feeling than the rules. Maybe it's something that it gives off. Where it goes up to the next level, more kind of violent spots rather than big spots. Maybe that's that's maybe an, another round table. What separates hardcore and death? Oh, but, just um, ask him. But, I don't think it's, we need to spend half an hour on it. He's had that one. <laughs> We're already on 122. If you get something that's vaguely interesting, we've got to make it a round table. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> the, um, but yeah, that was brutal. That kind of standard mox match. But obviously, Shingo knows what he's doing too. So that was a lot of fun. But but actually, my my favourite match on the card. And it very much played to my all Japan type sensibilities. But Eddie Kingston and Gabe Kidd had a proper banger, all out war type match, ending a double count out, which obviously was a kind of a trope of some of the kind of all out brawl, all Japan matches as well. So, yeah, excellent. I think I'd, I mean, I've, I've spoiled it for everyone, but yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I'd, um, yeah, go watch it. That was that was a bit of a hoot, actually. Didn't know my pick him, right? Eddie is captain. Um, he'll piss off every member of his community eventually really one at a time he's taking us out Yeah, the TNA pay-per-view was lols. It wasn't really any like standout must-watch matches or anything like that. But obviously the end with Nick Nemeth, Dolph, turning up. That's he also, him and his bro actually turned up in um, in the tag match as well in New Japan. Sort of made for him, isn't it, TNA? Yeah. Like where you, I saw, seeing him in New Japan was like, oh, well, fair enough. But TNA, you sort of expect if someone gets released from a mid-card level, they're going to end up in TNA. <laughs> I really hope they bring TNA back properly and we get a late noughties WWE to TNA type promo where he slags off WWE really intensely and then signs back with them in two years. Yeah. That's, that's... Didn't they also have uh, Dana Brooke on there? Oh, yeah. She had like a mad name. Like she's called like Ash Wednesday or something. I it's can't something remember. like Elegance by Ashlyn or something. Isn't yeah, it? that's it. Yeah. Or Ashlyn Elegance. Or... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know she'd been released, to be fair. Yeah. Up to new, up to date, current news found at the rest of the Should Be Fun podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, think about it. after that when they um was it like yeah well it would have been like ninety days yeah so September when they binned a shed load of wrestlers off didn't they WWE I can't think off the top of my head I don't think AEW have picked up any of them actually 
Uh, no, I don't think they have. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, said who's going to get away? anyone recently. Brian Keith. Yeah. He's still okay. unsigned officially, but he's been knocking around. That's what you need when you've got 135 wrestlers under contract to use someone uh, on a trialist basis for about six weeks. Yeah. I think I'm absolutely comfortable with people coming in for trials, but I think you should stick to the old like Vidi printer piece where they should all have to be called a trialist until they yeah. get a contract. <laughs> in number nine, a trialist. A trialist with a goal for Exeter. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was that was pretty much a, a roundup of what I've been watching on the old telly. So I've also been watching NXT. Annoyingly, um, I have to say that TNT have dropped NXT, so I can't watch on my TV. So I'm now to watch it on like an iPad. Yeah, you can say, I know a lot of people like to watch stuff on iPads and stuff, but if I'm in my house on my living room sofa, I don't want to be watching it on iPad, I want it on my TV. And uh, I don't know why they've stopped showing it, and um, I'm less enthused by the by it now. Yeah. Just, I, was just I left, feel your pain, mate. Left, left, I think I'm, fun I'm, hoping, I'm hoping during this whole segment, Phil's put in my sacrifice by Creed. <laughs> People really feel like the, the awful challenges you've been through. <laughs> yeah, it's going. It's still going. I'd say there's not much to say about it. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> so that's breaking news. NXT still exists. Yeah. Oberfemi won the New York title, New, New North American title. He's like 22, isn't he? Is that how old he is? Yeah. He did a good... I quite liked his promo. He did one promo this week and they were taught... They were sort of... crowd were giving him not... It wasn't like the what treatment, but it was like a positive version of that. Like giving him a sort of ooh or hoo, ooh after every sentence. And he just sort of, instead of like letting him put it off, he might have done put it off a bit, but he sort of just turned around and was like laughing like, yeah, and carried on. He's quite young. I haven't seen him much before. So fair play to him. I thought his promo was good. He managed to bring it into a bit of a heelish way at the end as well. And, uh, yeah, I think he looks quite uh, exciting for the future. Yeah, I haven't got a lot to say, but it was, a, it was an episode. It happened. I, I quite enjoyed it. I fell asleep for a little bit, so, yeah, says it already. That's a sign <laughs> of a good wrestling show in this house. Yeah. But breaking news, it still does, as we speak, exist. And it still exists, yeah. Well, I haven't watched anything else. I haven't watched any main roster stuff. Have you watched any main roster stuff? Nah. I'll read sort of a little bit about what's going on. But that's sort of it. I think that'll probably get into our round table, won't it? The only thing that I'm sort of aware of, which is the very, very top of the main event scene. Yeah, I'll say, like, I get a, my um, mate at work, he watches WWE and he knows I like wrestling. So he will proceed to talk to me all his theories about WWE. So I'm quite up to date with it without actually seeing much of it. So yeah, I can, I can hold my own in a conversation about what's going on without having watched any of it. So I don't want to give an opinion just to sort of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so we haven't watched AWE, so we haven't got any of that to talk about. Another great segment there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so we've got um, a couple of things to talk about in our round table. Well, it's big, isn't it? We're going with triple main event round table, aren't we? Yeah, there's only two of us. Uh, we've got like a serious one, a retrospective one, and a bit of a fun one. I'll let you decide which is which. <laughs> <laughs> you get to him. Yeah, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of world ladies, it's time for the wrestling should be fun round table. What do you want to go first, Bram? Do you want to go AEW? I like your order. I like your order. Serious, retrospective, yeah. fun. So we'll start off with our serious one, which is... Uh, it's something I just thought about a few weeks ago when The Rock returned to WWE. And, you know, I'm a big fan of The Rock, big fan of CM Punk. Like, they're sort of two of my guys, like, from one era of, like, a grow- of, like when I first got into wrestling, then when I first got into, like, cool wrestling, it was, like, CM Punk. And now these guys are coming back in, taking spots. I say taking spots. We don't know The Rock's taking a spot. CM Punk's going to come in and get a spot, you assume, at WrestleMania. 
you could see Cody miss out. You could see it become like a triple threat, whatever. I was interested to think of what your opinion, Brum. Uh, obviously, me, my, me and yourself, probably more casual fans of WWE. I'm more likely to watch The Rock and CM Punk than I would watch Jey Uso or Cody Rhodes. So I see why they're doing it, but I also feel hypocritical because when I was watching WWE all the time and Goldberg would come back in and take CM Punk's spot, I'd be like, what are you doing? I'm watching this every week. So they're obviously making the right decision by putting probably buy rates and money ahead of their week-to-week fan, so to speak. Why I'm going to sum it up as a question for you. You don't have to agree with that way it's put across at all, but that's the way I see it. And yeah, just interesting your thoughts. No, and, and, and actually, I, I'm sat on your hypocritical fence. The exact same thing. I used to hate it when they used to do that sort of stuff. But now I'm in, in the exact same position as you. And as I think it's quite quite good doing the roundtable this week in, in our positions. I think probably others would see it differently. But I am way more interested. Like this whole thing about Cody's got to complete his story and all of that stuff. And I know probably the fans get really passionate about it. I'm like I'm really not that fussed. I don't, I don't. I actually don't really want to see it again. I'd rather see something else, something interesting. Like whether it be obviously my preference would be seeing a Walter a Gunther. Sorry, go and do his shebang, and you know, because I think it ticks all the boxes. He's someone that we're aware of, but he's he's homegrown enough that he came up NXT UK to see it and all that fun stuff. But yeah, that would be my preference. But if that's not going to happen, I'd rather just see a fucking train wreck and watch. <laughs> I'm not saying that <laughs> would be a train wreck, but it'd be interesting because you're like, how was he going to wrestle? I know exactly what Cody Roman main event's going to look like. I could probably book it in my head for you now, right? And it'll be fine and it'll be entertaining for the people that are in it because they okay. really care about it. And it's like, you watch a shit football match, but you love it if your team wins 1-0. And that's probably how the Cody fans will feel about the Roman things. But yeah. for people like me and you, we're not away game fans. Turn up to a couple of home games a season. <laughs> have a nice play on chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is it? We we sat in the neutral end at Fulham. Like <laughs> yeah. the we're um we just kind of want to see the pizzazz and something that's interesting and different. And so yeah, I would rather see the Rock, even though the match will be a lot worse. But I'd rather see that than Cody complete his story, whatever that means. Yeah, and I've heard that Roman Reigns can beat Hogan's record in about October, November for the longest reign outside of, I'm guessing, he won't be in Backland or San Martino, will he? But no. I think they'll get him to maybe third. You, you're more of a historian than me. Was that, is Hogan third? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's two San Martino reigns in there. The second one, yeah, there's the back, then it's the back one. Then I think you're right. I think it is Hogan. No, I thought Hogan's one was mad long. I thought his was like six years or something like that. This ain't far. Um, no. <laughs> this is going to be annoying me now. I'm going to just quickly do a power Google. So that's exactly what people want to listen to. Isn't yeah. it? So you can get, I think San Martino is like seven and a half or something like that. I might might have it wrong. Let's oh, well, Backlund was seven. San Martino is like 24 years. Have I made that up completely? San Martino was 2,800 days. Do the maths on that. 2,800 divided by 3.7... Seven, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, because well, currently Roman is two days off the fourth place, so Bruno's on one, two, three, seven. Roman's on one, two, three, five. And then, yeah, he's only two hundred days off Backland. One, four, seven, four. Hogan obviously went four days over that to get the record at one, four, seven, four. But um, that's three, seven. That's yeah, just over, just over four years off the top of my head. Sounds good. Yeah. And then Samartino's just probably just short of eight or something like that. So. But but I think yeah it's it's interesting because I personally by the way think Cody's I'm ninety five percent sure Cody's going to win I'm probably more confident than other people it just seems like what they've been setting up for I hope they don't I'd rather either Roman <laughs> wins or they do something absolutely fucking bonkers with someone else but anyone but LA Knight probably for me but um yeah but, I agree yeah the uh, bit mediocre isn't he but um I think that's where I sit on it I think it will be Cody but. I'm not really that fussed in seeing it. I'd rather be a boring casual fan and just see some pizzazz. <laughs> so, yeah, so The Rock coming in, he's obviously let, dropping some seeds there. I don't think he's doing that with, with, for no reason at all. Whether the match comes afterwards at SummerSlam or something, but it looks like it's going to come. I don't know what his schedule's like. He's usually quite a busy man, The Rock. I say the punk side of it is really interesting. So obviously he's come in, was it November, end of November. This is a man who has been <laughs> openly critical about the company for not putting him in the main event when he was on top all the time and replacing him with The Rock. Who is The Rock? Who did he... You can't see me. My time is now. 
Cena, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and he, and he got the Undertaker match. So, yeah, and he's obviously been the champion for like a year and a half, didn't get a main event at WrestleMania. And now he's coming in with what everyone expects to get that WrestleMania main event, whether it's night one, night two. I mean, I don't think it's the main event if it's night one. Just because you do it over two days. If you're going to have a, have a, have a 14-match card, have just one match a day. Is every single one of them a main event? Well, we had this conversation last week. <laughs> I'd say it's the last match, it's the main event. Super strong style night one, the main event's the main event. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, okay. I'll shut up. <laughs> but, uh, it's a main event <laughs> it's of not a the show. main event of Yeah, but it's the main event of Super Strong Style Night One. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my point. Punk's the main event of WrestleMania Night One, but he's not the main event of WrestleMania. But if you're the main event of Extreme Rules, this is a bigger match than that. No? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but you're not the main event of WrestleMania. It's the main event of which is the last of the too. Anyway, <laughs> we won't get back to this. But anyway, yeah. So this but, is a man. Who, yeah, as you say, he's openly set, but been critical. He was kicked out by someone who came back and came in, yeah. and now he's probably doing the same thing. He's doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, he is. But but that's. But remember, you're talking about a man who's got the mental age of a 14 year old boy and acts like that, and that's just how he operates. That is, he is just a natural hypocrite because he is a 14 year old. Just in a, a man's body, and um, who do you think they might have cast aside for that spot? I don't know. Again, this is one that's really hard as a casual who Rollins would have been penciled in for. Um, Drew, like Drew McIntyre's cut a lot of promos about it. I say again, not watching every week, uh, whether they would have gone with a. I can't believe that Jay Uso would get that shot. Wouldn't, but, wouldn't have been LA Knight, could have been LA Knight, could have been Randy Orton, could have been LA Knight. I don't know, one of those guys, Orton. yeah. Orton's an interesting point, yeah. Maybe it was always going to be a, assuming that they were going to do Cody Roman night two, maybe it was always going to be a Seth versus legend and it was maybe Orton and then they just switched it up to Punk because he was the bigger razzmatazz. I mean, they might not even do it. They might just fake him out, which would be quite funny. That would be brilliant, yeah. <laughs> and he can turn up on AEW ripping up his contract. <laughs> He's going to fight uh, Nick Jackson. This <laughs> so, is Seth. So, yeah, and then so... I say the other side of it we haven't really touched upon is that, well, we sort of have in the fact that we've said it would make us more likely to watch, even though we find it hypocritical of ourselves as when we were watching, we wouldn't have liked it, is how much extra money The Rock is going to bring in compared to Cody. I mean, ma- massive. I, I don't know if he still is. He was the you know, biggest film star in the world for two or three years running. Yeah. He's going to bring more money in than the and, son, of a, son of a plumber. And do you think they're more likely to do that with... Endeavor in charge, who seemed to be more about the money, or with what what would Vince have done? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's a good question. That I mean, if you look back, I mean, I, I used to be a quite a regular UFC fan, but probably past five years, been quite poor with it. But you know, it does seem to be that they're much more about the money matches rather than what's right and what's fair from a competition point of view. That's obviously a slightly different situation to WWE, which um, obviously <laughs> don't don't have to go by wins and losses, <laughs> um, obviously, than UFC do. But it still points to the, you go for your almost your short-term money rather than your long-term build. I mean, if you think, I'm trying to think in a lot of recent Mania history, there's not been a lot of what you describe as hot shot at main events. They've always felt like they've got some build to them. So that's why Roman and Seth maybe felt more Vince. I don't know. Not Roman and Seth, sorry. Roman, uh, Roman and Cody. Yeah. Vince well, actually. Yeah, maybe in Endeavor who just want to do the big glitzy, let's get the most money in on the night, maybe feel a bit more rock. But like I said, my prediction is still 96% Cody, but I'm more likely to watch it if it's something funnier. Yeah, so I normally will watch it just with Dom usually host a night or two and it's always good fun and seeing Beth wants to heartbreak at Cody not finishing the story last year <laughs> was uh yeah it was like just a disbelief for like out oh, they can't have done that oh they have and now uh you know you got eight Roman Reigns appearances out of that so you know next year <laughs> you might get four diminishing returns <laughs> it's like returning a car <laughs> But yeah, no, I'd be, I'd say I say I, I will watch it either way. I think, but yeah, I think I'd be more invested in the Rock, and it's nothing against Cody. It's just I'm not watching him every week. Um, and as as we say every week now, it seems like, as Don would say, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. That's what the Rock is, isn't it? For a lot of yeah, us, exactly. Okay, well let's uh, let's wrap up that one. Unless you got anything more to add to it? No, not at all. So our second round table of the evening. Not getting a second intro. It's the um basically we we want to have a look back over sort of retrospectively 
five years of AEW. Now, as people always say, that's what longer than the Monday Night Wars, longer than Nitro. There's other things that when anything happens for five years, that people say that's longer than this, longer than the Rocks run in WWE or something like that, possibly. It's around the same time, I think. Yeah. You know, what what do you think about this? Well, so that's 260 weeks. I've sort of broken it down week by week in terms of that now. Um, (laughs) The... Um, I, I've just kind of thought about it as well. Kind of has it sort of in, impacted the industry? For me, I, you know, I think it's been a bit of brilliant thing. I was actually kind of probably just not watching as much wrestling then. You know, I'd, I'd be so yeah, going back to 2018 or whatever. There'd be still New Japan was sort of at, at the end of its fun, and there was still stuff going on there. And you know, you had NXT would be in that. That was still sort of in a in sort of the end of its hot phase. Then you'd say when AW was maybe starting to dampen a little bit, but now like. Yeah, just got me interested. That there's there's also you know the natural element of more talent about more talent moving about having that sort of general freshness in the industry, not just about the obvious one about breaking the monopoly, but I think it probably reaches a little bit further than that. And how indie guys can come up and drop back, and yeah, it's just it's a little bit less homogenous, I think, than what it was. But also just the product itself. I mean, yeah, the amount of great matches, the amount of fun storyline, the amount of actual acts that it's either brought into the mainstream or given a new, you know, lease of life to. doesn't always get it right. Sometimes it can be frustrating, you know. Sometimes some of the booking's a little bit strange. Sometimes the production's off. Sometimes Tony Khan seems like a madman. But, like, in general, like, I think it's brought a lot of great wrestling, television, shows, live events, storylines, matches to the world over the last five years. And it's actually done loads of it. You know, there's... There's an argument that if I look back over my whole wrestling fandom, or just I go even further, the whole wrestling history that I've consumed, there's very fewer hotter five-year spells than what AW delivered in that period. Like I said, you've got early 90s All Japan, you've got mid-90s ROH, maybe early 10s New Japan you could throw in there, but the amount of content they were throwing out, I wouldn't even put it in that bracket. I, I genuinely think it's... Uh, really up there with an argument it could even be number one an incredible achievement yeah i think tony khan says it well, often no one's ever done a run of pay-per-views like this no and i uh, and i know people sometimes have criticism with the booking and the week-to-week occasionally but um i say when they get on the big stage uh they almost always deliver yeah going back to what you said about the start it was during the like the, the end of the nxt sort of golden period because they went against each other and uh, in the old blog we used to run. Yeah, before... the weeklies, yeah, with the head-to-heads. Yeah, we used to do the weekly head-to-heads, which was a great, great column, really enjoyed... Well, I'm not saying it was great for everyone else, but being part of it, really enjoyed uh, doing it. It made me watch each week. I was an NXT boy, NXT fanboy, and what we'd do, for people who wouldn't have seen it probably, is we'd uh, sort of divide up the segments into uh, sort of things that were similar, where it was main event, where it was tag team matches, as much as we could, promos, uh, angles, and we'd sort of give them a MMA-type score, uh, 10, 9, 10, 8, uh, of a round sort of thing, and then you'd sort of go down the whole scorecard and you'd see what was the better show for each person, AEW or NXT. And I think I was on the NXT uh, side for a long while, an AEW win. I think it was the last, I was probably the last convert into AEW, with, uh, the loyalty to NXT and what it sort of given over the last few years. And then... Uh, I think AEW had won like a few weeks in a row. I just started to get find its groove before we we're in COVID. I didn't quite agree with the you know, maybe looking back on it, you think differently, and it is just a way of providing relief to people. But and you know, different people think different things of COVID. But I sort of thought that these guys were getting key worker status in Florida, which I felt was a bit dubious. Um, so I sort of stopped watching all wrestling at that point. And I don't know how long later it was that CM Punk came back, but that's when I restarted watching wrestling. Um, other things happened in the meantime as well but yeah so i try to think so that would have been about march april to november maybe i'm completely guessing the time i don't think it was a full year so yeah i had to probably about a year or so out of AEW, which i can't really comment on but then coming back into it with the sort of the, the return of punk and then there's all the characters were a lot more fleshed out so obviously they've been spending a lot of time progressing whilst i wasn't watching and then yeah i've pretty much i've seldom missed a week since to be honest and it's not not just CM Punk, obviously he's not there. I haven't been there for a lot of it, to be fair, with injuries and being a twat and that. Um, the other people have kept me there watching whilst, you know, your likes of your last year, like Swerve Strickland. Um, I really enjoyed, like, Pac's work when he was there regularly. Um, 
People like Darby Allen. This is one for you then. Here's a question for you. Who would you take? I've not thought about this question. I'm putting <laughs> you on the spot. So in the past five years, so you can't take the future stuff. In the past five years, Desert Island, uh, th- I'll give you three Desert Island AW wrestlers. So you go to Desert Island and you can have every single one of their AW matches, promos oh. um, from the last five years. One's punk. <laughs> Still... Because uh, I think they had a really like solid run of matches as well, and then or I could take MJF, then you get the Punk feud, and you get a bit yeah. extra. Maybe MJF, yeah, maybe MJF, because um, you get the Wardlow stuff and the Punk stuff, and you've probably got a bit more promo stuff, and you get probably the the height of Punk's reign. So yeah, I'll, I'll change that. We'll go with we'll go with MJF, and then as again, I'll try and circle myself around the rules to make sure I get Punk title win in there. And also for their body of work throughout, or take Hangman. And then one, a third. Oh, well, that means you get the swerve match as well. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all connecting the dots here. Probably, I'd probably take Dax Harwood as a third, just off the top of my head. It's been, and then you've got quite a few good tag matches in there as well to a bit of variety. Um, I'll say if I thought about it for longer, I'd probably change all those. You know, I haven't even considered Brian Danielson in that, for example. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, Paige, Dax, and MJF as a quick, yeah, quick I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd take Page and, and MJF as well. I think, yeah, honorable mentions to to Danielson, Eddie Kingston. Actually, you know, I mean, Darby's list of matches have been absolute, have been ridiculous when you think about it. But I think he, I'd probably have to give the third spot to Kenny. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, well, I'm not not the biggest Kenny guy. I can appreciate his talent, but which is weird because he's such a big fan of knees. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was just got up whilst you were talking, the original AEW roster from the first Double or Nothing show. This, well, again, this is from an article from, I'll credit them, at Latifco, at Latifo.com, Hamish Woodward. Credit for him. So if he's inaccurate, tweet Hamish Woodward, not me. So there's quite a lot of people still there. So it was like heavily featured wrestlers like Chris Jericho, John Moxley, obviously Kenny's on the shelf at the moment. Um, wish him all the best from a health point of view, definitely. So the, the company is better with him in it, as much as I said I wouldn't be my top three. You got the Jacksons, Dustin Rhodes, Death Triangle. I haven't seen much of them recently, but they're on there. They're still knocking around, I believe. Hangman, Chuck Taylor, Darby, Kip Sabian's lasted the whole time. Luchasaurus, MJF, Private Party, Guevara, Trent Barrett, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is another one who get an outside shout at that. Yeah, yeah, he'd, he'd be he'd be definitely up there. Yeah. So, yeah, you look at that, there's sort of a lot of them is like the core of your roster. Obviously, they've been there five years, so they've been there the whole time. And, uh, yeah, fair play to them. It, I say, like, it's made the rest of the industry a better place. I think um, competition makes things better. Mm. I think it's made WWE better. I think people who watch that regularly would, would suggest it's been better the last two, three years. And say, well, people aren't don't think Tony Khan's perfect in any way. He does not have to put on a good wrestling match, put two wrestlers out there, and he let them, let them go and do their thing. And the amount of, yeah, I've had a lot of enjoyment watching it with you guys, watching shows or watching on my own, chatting about it with you guys. So, yeah, I, I'm glad it is. And, Wem- and Wembley, right? And Wembley, exactly. Fucking yeah. Wembley. What a day. <laughs> like, even if we just got fucking Wembley, it'd have been worth it. Yeah. So, anything more to add on the AEW five years or what? You think it'll still be here in five years' time? Yeah. Yeah, I do. What's TNA been going now? 408 years? <laughs> yeah. Like, when everyone thought it was going to die every year? I mean, if TNA survived AWK, I guess it just depends if, like, Tony gets a new hobby and decides to bring, like, rollerblading back or something like that. And but <laughs> Was it Roller Derby? Roller Maybe Derby. that's it. Maybe it'll, it'll shut Derby, down yeah. AW and bring back Roller I've, Derby. I've been to see a Roller Derby match in Croydon. Have you? Uh, my friend Felice, she played Roller Derby for a bit. I've heard it's brutal. Yeah, we went down, a few of us went down to watch her and sort of drank beers and got drunk and shouted things. It's not much like going to the wrestling, to be honest. Uh, but in a sports all in Croydon, yeah, enjoyable. I don't have a clue what's going on. Not a clue. So if, yeah, so I think that's that's it. Assuming Tony doesn't set up a roller derby company, then yeah, I think AW will continue. So that brings us on to the main event of the evening, what everyone's been waiting for. This has been muted for a while ago. And what we're going to do is just be a wrestling football match. It's uh, Matt Brummett is married well not managing have you named a manager i've got a manager as well oh no um i can come yeah. up with one well matt Robert is the chairman of selectors for team britress i'm the chairman of selectors for AEW. Uh, as their roster was very easy to read and they had about 135 roster members apologies i by the time i got to the bottom of the mail list 
I had 35 players and I already filled my first 11 and bench. So I've mine's a strictly male team. Uh, apologies for that. Bro, I think you've been a bit more inclusive than me. A little bit more. Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I thought I can do a whole women's team next time. Yeah, exactly. So that, exactly. That, that was my, my thinking. Um, but because it got so ridiculous, I got carried away with my squad list. So, yeah, Brum and I have come up with uh, AEW versus Brit Rest football 11s. Brum, do you want to go like run us through your lineup or do you want to do sort of reveal one position at a time so we sort of get a mixture and then we can run through them all at the end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can. Or we could do it in sections. So then keepers, then defenders, and play it off. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you kick it off with your goalkeeper? Yeah, so. Looking at someone who's got flexibility, he's going to be able to leap around. I see this as a much more of a shot stopper type keeper than than hot distribution, like a kind of a Costel Pass Pantalimon or what it was called. Um, but, but also you get like um, it's all about a bit of eccentricity. That's what you want in a goalkeeper. That's always the cliche, isn't it? Got a bit of eccentricism. So I think who better? Also, despite being from the southwest of the UK. I think a lot of his he's very influenced by the US and you know we all like American goalkeepers. So I'm gonna go Chuck Mambo in goal. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and he knows that you've seen him catch beach balls all, a lot and exactly ball exactly so, yeah. he's got good hands. Mambo's going in goal for Britress. Uh I've gone for also I think a bit of eccentricity, but a different form of it. In um I've wanted someone who was like athletic, massive and scary as fuck, like the monk from Mean Machine. And I've gone with the machine, Brian Cage. And I think mm. you're one-on-one with Brian Cage. You're not thinking about the ball. You're thinking that guy might drop kick me in the face. Yeah, um, yeah so slightly different uh, demeanour to Mambo. <laughs> More of a friendly. It's going to fill out the goal. I could picture him sort of in like a sort of a lower level Bundesliga team, like an Eintracht Frankfurt or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, and like you can see, you know, he can do the sort of top rope, high flying stuff. So you know he's got the ability to get to the corners. And yeah, I think he'd be a quite intimidating presence if if you're one on one. So yeah, that was my thoughts to go with uh, go Brian Cage as the goalkeeper. Who's your defender? Have you on the back four? What's, what formation have you on? I haven't asked. Ladies and gentlemen, England will be playing four, four, fucking two. I've gone actually pretty traditional. It's actually a pretty Billy basic. 4-4-2 but on, I mean on my bench I've got players that I think would mix that system up Yeah, but we'll go my, my, my back four uh, right back you want the guy I think he's vice captain but he's the guy turns up every week washes the kits gets the WhatsApp message going because remember mine's AW going to have a more professional setup with me <laughs> with Brit Rest Robert Indy there's a lot of DIY stuff going on this guy's going to be there he's going to be, be messaging the opposition team managers make sure everything's sorted out make sure that the uh the food sorted at the pub after the game, in charge of putting the nets up. Probably the least technical player on the team, but he's always plays because he's always there every week, always does training. It's not really getting up and down the lines much, so he's a bit more an old-school defensive right-back. But I'm going with Costa uh, with a K at right-back. Is that Maddox's manager? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the organizer. Yeah, <laughs> just get yeah, exactly, out. exactly. So, so you need that. You absolutely need that at Sunday League. And I'm going with. Remember there was that, that big thing in England teams, especially in the '90s and the early '90s, when said, "Oh yeah, with a centre half partnership, you want players who've played together at club level." And that's exactly what I'm going with. I'm going with Northwest Strong, Luke Jacobs, and Ethan Allen mm. as my centre half partnership. Jacobs is going to be winning everything. Just you, you're not getting through him. He's an absolute beast. Allen's going to be playing the ball out of the back, doing the technical stuff, but also reads the game well. In the one out of ten chances, maybe something's got through. Jacobs, he's already seen it. Ricardo Carvalho sweeping up. Boom. Yeah, you can see it working. Yeah, familiarity does help. Yeah. Yeah. What I want, I'm, I'm going to go back to the sort of what is it, Maro Zagallo in like the 19. 19- 50s Brazilian team where they had a little bit of asymmetricality in the side. I've got Costa who's going to keep it at the back, keep a bit deep. I'm going to go with, usually on the left-hand side, you want someone with a little bit more flamboyance, but also a bit more of an engine. 
And I'm going to go with TK Cooper. Good header. I think you could see him getting on the overlap as well on the left-hand side. He's also tall. I quite sometimes like that. Do you remember when um, Ipswich had Tyro Mings at fullback? Quite like that. I quite like my my, my taller fullback. So so TK is going to be doing that. So can also get back for corners. We all know what his heading's like, but I'm still going to keep him at a at left back. Nice, yeah. Little back for I'm so familiar with Mambo. Good trust with the goalkeeper. Well, well, actually, I'm going to go one step further because I've got five subs, but they're all outfield players. So I'm going to go with a Neil Warnock Sheffield United approach of if no keepers on the bench. Anything happens to Mambo, I think Cooper would do a good job between the six as well. Yeah, fair. The um, the makeup of my defence is quite similar to yours in that in the sort of people I've put in there and the reasoning. So yeah, my right back, you know, nonsense up and down. Uh, probably a bit more up and down than Costa, but yeah, more of a defensive sort of hard man, solid sort of a Gary Neville. You know what you're going to get from him every week. He's sort of seven and a half out of ten minimum. It's uh, big Dax Harwood, well, not big Dax Harwood, just Dax Harwood. Mm-hmm. Not that big. Uh, I think yeah. he'd be a good fullback. Um, yeah, he's, he's a proper right back, isn't he? Resisted the urge to put Cash Wheeler at left back and mm-hmm. gone with. Um, he didn't actually make the squad Wheeler, honourable mention. With a little bit more flair, but like a very good technician at left back with a bit of an engine, probably get, as you say, get forward a little bit more. He's shown a bit of creativity. People are trying to kick it out of him. Alex Ferguson's trying to stop him. He just wants Dennis Irwin. But, you know, it's a modern day. I'd like him to have a little bit of flair. So, uh, Daniel Garcia, come on down to the left back yeah. spot. With a bit of a flamboyant dance in there, which I think shows that he will be able to get forward if needed. In the centre, he's, he's coming through the. Uh, you think he, he's kind of coming through that, uh, like the Leeds Academy, isn't he, Daniel Garcia? Yeah, yeah, big time. Bit, bit of something about him, bit bit unorthodox. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> My centre backs, one is a monster of a man, a machine, but also again technical ability. I think he'd be good on the ball, but we would similar to yourself would read the game well, uh, and also they would just knock fuck out of people. Claudio Castagnoli. Oh yeah, he's such a modern. He's Van Dyke, isn't he? He's a he's a, yeah. the, he's a be Rolls Royce. Exactly. Playmaker from centre back, yeah, doing everything. And next to him, he's the small man in this partnership. Well, he might not be. I feel like he's smaller than this guy. I've got an actual monster, a dinosaur, in fact, Kill Switch. Oof. Yeah. The artist formerly known as Luchasaurus, who I think you know he's shown that he is loyal to a fault, probably. He's going to go out there and do what his manager tells him, whether he thinks it's the right thing to do or not. So you know 100% what you're getting out of him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he might get a red card or so, but he's going to put himself through. We'll see who's attacking for you guys, but I don't think they'll want to get on the wrong end of a tackle from kill switch. Is there? Yeah. He does feel like one of those sort of long-haired <laughs> South American, like Argentina or Uruguay squad players from the 90s or noughties who's just going to come in and be filthy. Yeah, I don't want him passing the ball. Pellegrino, something like that? Yeah, he's not allowed to pass. Like He's just yeah. going to punt it or just like move out of the way and wait for Claudio. He's allowed to pass to Claudio and that's it. I don't yeah. really even want him passing it back to Brian Cage because I think he'll he'll kick it too hard. I'm supportive of that, that back format. It's good. <laughs> What's your midfield? So you've gone for a flat four midfield? Yeah, I've gone for a flat four. I've maybe been a bit route one with actually this, but I think it's fair because I want I want two wingers getting down the byline. I don't mind the odd bit of step overs, that sort of stuff, but I'm going to have Leon Slater and Kanji on my flanks. Oh, yeah. I think Slater's going to have more tricks about him. He's going to be be doing your lollipops and your elasticos and all that fancy stuff. I think Kanji's going to be a lot more head down, but I think it's probably got a better final ball on her. Who's on which side? I've currently got Slater on the right and Kanji on the left, but I think they're both probably two-footed. I, I think, think Kanji I think probably feels right-footed, but she's been playing on the left a lot of her career. So set pieces, corners, she'll take a corner with a right. But actually, open play, she's better at putting in a cross on the left. Yeah, I think Garcia can handle them both. I think they're Dax Hiles will be booked inside five minutes, whichever one's on, the, on his side. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Kanji on Dax. Yeah, he's bringing her down, isn't he? Yeah. Midfield. I'm going number four, captain, been there, done it, Dean Allmark. (laughs) Absolutely bossing that midfield. Yeah. I think he was in the um, 1999-2000 Southampton midfield, actually, as well, just like (laughs) Rookie, but now he's... Jim Magilton. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Been there, done it. He's classy as well, though. You know, we all have seen what Allmark can do. Keep the ball round, but he's not really doing a lot out of the centre circle, but he he can move the ball round. He's got it. And then... I've got a box-to-box number eight with him. 
who's, you know, my, yeah, he's just, just going to be doing everything. And also, I mean, he's um, in his name, he's got a bit of speed as well. He's the Prince of Pace, Callum Newman, but he's going to, going to be my number eight. He's going to be everywhere. Newman on the inside, interesting. I think this is an issue. I think what's happened is um, he probably, when he was in the under-15s, he was a winger and everyone went on about how good he is with the ball, but he's bulked out. Yeah. And now he's been, he's sort of been moved inside and he's a sort of a Curtis Jones-ish character. He's sort of big all over the shop, great technically, doesn't mind getting physical, can run for days. He's going to be massive. Yeah, I think he'll be a good performer. So we've got, we've got Slater, Kanji, Newman and Allmark. So you've got the youth and experience in that area as well. Yeah, but Allmark's going to be, he's going to be the puppet master in the middle. So I've gone for one of these, sort of, uh, almost like a double pivot, but I've got one, the old school double double pivot, in that one is the sort of, you know, it makes the tackles, but he also brings the ball out uh, and, and sprays it around a bit. And the one next to him is just there to win the ball and pass it to him, sort of like a Kante or a Darren Fletcher. Mm. Aaron McQuainer, so to speak. Yeah, you've not gone. You've not gone full doppelsexer. No, <laughs> and uh, performing that role as the ball winner and just laying off to me, to his captain, it's the AEW World Champion Samoa Joe, who's going to mm. be performing sort of like a less. He's basically going to be Roy Keane. You know, I don't know if you saw that clip that came out the other week of Roy Keane talking about all the red cards he'd had. Now they weren't his fault. Mm. Again, this is what I see from Joe. He's going to intimidate like a youngster like Newman. I don't think you'll get much change out of Allmark, but um, I don't, I'm nah. not sure Allmark will be coming forward enough with Joe's patrolling the back four. He'll be uh, just moving in front of Newman as he tries to run and just clipping him where the ref's not looking, sort of body checks, that sort of thing. And I think well, Newman's well, going to end well, up with a few few bruises after that. How I imagine Joe is, you know, when you see like, you know, Moussa Dembele, how he just like <laughs> would just kind of step over the ball, like you'd have that stance, he'd get his hips out, get his ass out. Like, you're not yep. getting the ball off him. I, I see Joe's centre of gravity is going to be similar to Moussa Dembele's there. Yeah, and he's he's going to be playing next to one of his old rivals, who's my sort of box-to-box. But he doesn't need to go all the way up because I've got someone playing just in front of him. I've gone for a uh, sort of three-man midfield, three sort of wide, mm. two wide strikers, sort of more of mo- the modern formation. Uh, Captain Brian Danielson. Yeah, and he's, he's got to work. Can we just confirm this? Yeah, Brian Danielson, I think, is the absolute ultimate number six central midfielder. It's got to be wearing six. I don't like six as a midfield number, though. I like, what, a, I like four and eight. I was giving him the eight. Yeah, I just think in a, I I think in a three-man midfield, I think you've got maybe, you've got to sacrifice it. I'm as well, I'm usually five and six centre-halves, but I think when you're doing a double pivot, it almost feels like there should be four and six. Like I said, it means that you've got to do something funky with your back four. And you've got give, to give, oh, give kill switch like oh, eight and six and you, give, and you give a defender a four, but yeah. Yeah, I'll think about it. I'll consider it. Yeah. He's got to be eight then if he's not a six. He's got, I've got him as eight. I had him as eight, yeah. I did give that's him all the numbers. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, he's running the show. Um, you sort of do everything. He, you know, he's towards the end of his career now, maybe, but he's still got a couple of years left in him. And I think, yeah, you couldn't really leave him out, really. It's, uh, it's Brian Danielson. And then mm. I was struggling for the number 10 role. So I need someone who's a bit younger, quite cool, a bit of creativity. Just to get that little, a bit of a, what's the word, like smarts to just unlock defences, think outside the box a little bit. I ended up going with Jay White in the number Ooh, 10. Oh, I was sure that was going to be Sammy Guevara then. Oh, no, he's not getting much. <laughs> I, I, I was I had to like the people who were in it. Uh, uh, no. Sammy Guevara feels like the sort of player that PSG would sign from Atletico six years ago for 70 million. I've never heard of him. I feel like he'd be like Anthony, that sort of player. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really accurate. Yeah, sort of, I, I think yeah, that's flash, right. Yeah, yeah. So with Jay White, I think he's, um, I think he's got that sort of. He's he's old enough. He's sort of probably in his prime. I'm sort of thinking of sort of Martin Erdegaard at this sort of point. Okay, Jay White, and um, yeah, just sort of be the creative, uh, this sort of attacking focal point. Yeah, to sort of just start the attacks and to play through him, and he's going to be, uh, you know, going for the next four or five years. I think you could leave him in here and sort of pencil his name in. Yeah, I, I see him like rather than constantly unlocking defences as much, but also like doing the advanced ticking the ball overall that William does. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's got that in him. But I think he's got a, not, a little bit more experience. So if he comes up against Allmark, he's been doing it for a while. I think Allmark will get his, but I think White might be able to get the better of him a couple of times. Yeah, I think could be some elbows involved. Can there? Yeah. <laughs> it's a knife crime. Um, <laughs>
I say so. Yeah. What's your? Have you gone for the the classic big man, little man front two or? It, yeah, ish. Yeah, variation on it. I've gone for a very Wayne Rooney-ish number ten. You're not going to like him. Physical, gets in. He's in the ref's face. There's going to be a few red cards, but he's pinging in thirty yarders for a laugh. Physical. He's fast. He's got everything. But his own fans love him because he's one of their own. But away fans absolutely detest him. I guess. And it's RKJ. And RKJ. I think we're going to go with Tate. <laughs> no, no, no. T- <laughs> Tate's an option off my bench. Yeah. Um, but yeah, RKJ's, RKJ's there. Yeah, very good. He's, he fits in. And then I'm going to go for the modern nine. You know, the Harry Kane, Lewandowski. Yep. You know, going to be winning stuff in the air things but also technically gifted guaranteed 23 goals a season even top flight and i'm going la taylor <laughs> yeah very good yeah just got it just look you just see that it's guaranteed bringing in guaranteed composed as well not only speaking it was just there for you know not a darwin nunes character someone that you look at steely gaze got it calm composed physical is, presence yeah yeah is a threat to dean Allmark on penalties if he misses a couple <laughs> <laughs> that's my front two yeah dangerous dangerous yeah. I don't think they'll always get on I think there'll be a bit of natural <laughs> tension there but I think it's, it's the way to go Cole, Cole and Sheringham yeah <laughs> you know, both want to be top scorer <laughs> yeah okay my front three so I've got the two wide players I've gone for your sort of tricky wingers your your luxury players one with experience one with youth they're probably pretty similar players but you know they can switch interchange they can cut in they can go outside depending on what side they are. We've got uh, Ray Phoenix and Nick Wayne as the two Oof. wide men, just to bring some pace and fear into the uh, into yeah. the fullbacks. Costa is not going to know what to do with Ray <laughs> Phoenix, is it? <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be funny. Um, my my main man, striker. He's the coolest man on the team. I don't think he likes anyone. He's basically giving me off vibes of a uh, sort of Nicholas Anelka on Chapman 0102. In that um, he, he's going to cause a falling out, but he's so good. You got to get him in there. He's Swerve Strickland, fit, yeah, presence, athleticism, speed. Yeah, just thinks he's the best in the world. He's got that self belief that good strikers need. And uh, yeah, I don't think he'll be good for team harmony. But um, I'm going to start him off on in there as, as my number nine. Yeah, Phil sort of played Chelsea had sign. In January, <laughs> bangs sort of seven goals, then falls out with players and doesn't do anything for the rest of the season. And because and of that, I've named Prince Nana as my manager. To sort of keep. Oh yeah, that, that, was... <laughs> that is a good one. Try and keep some harmony around the team. And he's got Cage as well. He's one of his mates, to be fair. Yeah. But um... I've got young manager. I can see him in a sort of a grey suit, but also particularly in the track suit, depending on on how big the opposition is. I think he's going. If he's going big six, I think he's going with a with a sort of a sharp, tight grey suit. I think otherwise you might be seeing him in a track suit. And I think you're going to be seeing a lot of cliches from him in interviews, but just Somber keeps... He's sort of this, the player that I think people could hype as, you know, the future of young English managers. I think I'm going to go Chris Ridgway. Oh, Chris Ridgway. You have to worry about him turning up. <laughs> <laughs> picture it. You absolutely can picture Chris Ridgway managing Peterborough right now. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely can. I've got it in my head. You can just see that steely gaze he's looking on. He's 2-0 down. Commentator's making a bit of a quip about it, but he's there. He's ready. Yeah, no, I think Ridgeway, yeah, yeah, good young manager. Mm. Who's on your bench? Well, because I've only got five. I've gone with uh, Malik as my sort of Jason McAteer utility player. Do a bit of a job anywhere. Yeah. Robbo, sub fullback. You're only getting... 25 minutes from him at the end, but he's going to cause an absolute ruckus when he gets on. Yeah, if Nick Wayne's running at Robbo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Um, a guy who um, can break up play, but's also got a pass in him, would probably cover for all mark. But when things are against it, you might want to bring, If you know, if we go 2-0 up 60 minutes in, I might be bringing Newman off for him or maybe going to a middle three and bringing him in. But I think G Money... <laughs> I think earlier on in his career, he was a bit more of a Lee Trundle fancy Dan. But now what's <laughs> happened in, he's brought back. He's just, he keeps things simple, but he's still got that every so often outside of the boot, 30 yards, pass out to your right winger. The guy who's definitely going to be the future and he's going to be breaking into my squad soon is, and I see, I can exactly picture him as sort of like that tenacious Man City style attacking midfielder. He's gone on loan and done a, a good job at Stoke, but he's been brought back in. 
is Corey McRae. Matt Connolly will be there getting a sign poster off him every week. <laughs> he's got his, um, his, his uh, McRae jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, he's, he's he probably, but yeah, McRae, yeah, probably kind of same group as sort of your Phil Foden's and your Jack Harrison's yeah. and your Paul yeah, Palmer's yeah. and all them lads. I think he's, you know, technical midfield, a bit tenacious. There he goes, attacking. And then I'm going to go with, again, unlikable, but brought on with 20 minutes to go. He can probably grab you a goal, but even his own fans don't like him a lot. A sort of a Nicholas Bentner character. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Tate Mayfairs. Fantastic. Tate Bentner. Just pictured come out of a club in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> After you win the cup. <laughs> so, because of having the bigger budget, I've gone with a seven-man bench. Um, and I'm not I'm, entirely... I'm, I, yeah, I don't play Champions League, not worried yeah, about it. I'm not entirely sure what all of these guys do, to be honest. Uh, Sub-goalkeeper was Miro. You're liking your big man goalkeepers. Yeah, I felt he had a similar sort of, not quite as um, athletic as Cage while he's on the bench, but I feel like, again, the, I want sort of intimidating goalkeepers back to the old days of Peter Schmeichel type thing. Yeah, who was the pre-war one? So like oh. Fatty Folks or something? <laughs> Fatty Folks. <laughs> Bill Folks, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've got just sort of wiry, bring in, throw himself around a tackle, come in the midfield if you need to mix it up a bit. If Jay White's not sort of pulling it, or if you've got a lead maybe, just to make a nuisance himself. Darby Allen, you know, he's not going to have any fear. He'll put himself in there. Yeah. Not going to be happy about being on the bench, this guy. And he might not turn up because of it. But I think having him there... He can come up and just, you know, if I just tell him, mate, you're just still getting paid just for 20 minutes work, he'll come on and give you a good 20 minutes uh, in a sort of attacking midfield position. Roosh. Got to get uh, some sort of central Latino player in there with a bit of flair, who's also a yeah. bit nasty bastard. Yeah, yeah, probably, you know, that, you know, there was that run of that sort of mid noughties ish South American physical attacker, like you're uh... a. Yeah. Suarez's, Tevez's, and those bit, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a Nunez as well in there, I think. Sort of yeah. mad chaos sort of create. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But he can hold on to the ball, even though it looks like he's in the middle of a ruckus. He comes out with a ball at his feet, yeah. that sort of player. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also got uh, on the bench, similar, but with uh, the work rate from Japan and, and his absolute engine, uh, Kanosuke Takeshita. Oh, yeah. Sort of back up. He, was, he definitely field. played under Postacoglu at Celtic, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I've got um I just I don't I don't know where he'll play at all. I feel like he's a sort of attacker just slinking around, just sort of keep my you don't really notice he's out there, then suddenly he's banged in two thirty yarders. Uh hook. I feel like there's a place for hook in the squad. But I'm not quite sure what he'd do. Yeah. He's mercurial, isn't he? You can see yeah. Yeah, it's like um something in this player, something in this player. Where'd you play? His, his, his dad was good. We're just waiting for it to come out. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of a luxury player, Nigel, isn't Nigel he? Class, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've gone with the uh, the big man who can play up front if we need him. He can play at the back if we need him. He's a bit of everything. He's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. Big Bill. He's been an yeah. absolute delight on AW recently. Yeah. And he's, He's, he's on my bench as well. I think, yeah, he, he can cover a multiple position. Sort of a Dion Dublin, D slash SC. Yeah. Sent about or up from Ian Pierce, And um, yeah. yeah, just, he can be a nuisance at either end. Yeah, it's weird though, because he's not, I don't see him as having like the technical ability of a Peter Crouch, but he's also not like a Ziggich, is he? Like who? A Ziggich. <laughs> I see him more of like, just sort of like, you just stick him in the box and the ball will hit you. Yeah. Like that sort of, that sort of player, Jan Venegov Hesselink or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a. <laughs> and that concludes the. Uh, the oh, what's the, no? Do you know who he would be like? What's the um? This is what's the Wolves one? Kaladzic, Kalad, something like that. The Wolves one. I see. He's he's a bit like that, gangly but not technically good, but gets involved. I'm, so I'm now thinking of Kevin Francis. <laughs> <laughs> one for a, for an older audience there. <laughs> As soon as he said gangly with not much technical ability. <laughs> yeah, people in North Bergen are massively into this, mate, don't worry. <laughs> well, I think that concludes the uh, 11. So who do you think's coming out on top? I mean, I'm guessing you think you will and I think I will, but... Okay. Well, I think, you know, it's, I think what's happening, you're coming, first leg, we score early at Camden, defend it, <laughs> do well, you know, and then we, uh, yeah, there's a... Yeah, it just all gets a bit too much for us and we let a late goal in. But then we go out and we've, we really, first 60 minutes at full sale, not full sale, what's the other one? What's their, what's AW's place. one? Daily Place, that's it. <laughs> yeah, Daily Place. Yeah, I think it's like, it's nil-nil for a while. We've, the lads absolutely burnt themselves out. 
LA Taylor gets one, rolled out, looks a little bit dodgy. But then last 30 minutes, you bring on the big guns, Hook pearls one in from 25 yards. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you probably get a couple of late goals, which it wasn't the 3-0 scoreline. It shouldn't have been a 3-0 scoreline, but that's what it says. A couple of late goals conceded needlessly. I think you know, I've tried to include a few, you know, Castagnoli being like Swiss, you know, Takeshita, Miro, some people who come from countries who are more into football than America, just mm. to sort of give it. But I feel like you could do us having, being from it, sort of the UK, that might be an advantage. As uh, half my people might not know what soccer is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But literally, if it was a literal game, my team would win yeah. on the basis that none of your guys will never play football. But in our envisaged of how they would play football. Yeah. How they would, I, yeah. Think, <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah, the athleticism might come through at the end. I think Costa's going to get an absolute torrid time against yeah. Phoenix or Wayne or even uh, Roosh if he yeah. comes on. But yeah, I do think as well what will really piss the fans off gets away with it in the UK, but I think when you go up to Daly's place, I think Costa's going to get pulled up for a foul throw. <laughs> and he does that thing where he realises what he's done, but he goes absolutely apeshit with the ref for doing him, and then he gets booked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can just imagine your fans after like half an hour of him being absolutely rinsed by Wayne or something, and you're like, he's getting 60 minutes, lads. He gets his, he's organised the whole bloody game he's taking on yeah well also as well the, the thing that separates pro well I know this is Brit rest rather than progress particularly but if you look at that lineup, it's probably very clear what most of them from but um, is, uh, we do have ultras obviously in, in progress oh yeah but yeah I actually want them to be I would prefer progress ultras to be more like football ultras I think when next time that I'm not happy with our matches going I'm going to throw a flare into the ring <laughs> Do you reckon this this matchup occurred in Camden? You might get some of the lapsed ultras coming down. <laughs> the people who've sort of given up on progress, if they got to see AEW versus progress in a football match, I think you get a <laughs> yeah. decent crowd. I think you get a decent crowd. Maybe the pre-show at Wembley or something. <laughs> yeah, you might not sell at Wembley, but you'll. Uh, I think you sell at the Hive, Barnet. <laughs> yeah, Late in Orient. Or <laughs> yeah, Brizzy Road. Brizzy Road's good for me. Walking distance. Yeah, I walked I walk there when I did the commentary on there during the pandemic. Nice ground. Um, yeah, it's not bad. So that probably brings to an end our discussion about <laughs> hypothetical <laughs> footballers, which uh, I've had a blast doing, and uh, I'm sure about three people will enjoy listening to and everyone else switched off <laughs> 25 minutes ago. But, you know, we're only doing this to entertain ourselves and, of course, you, dear <laughs> listener. Pram, uh, have you got anything you'd like to plug or mention before we shoot? I'm currently watching a really good, it's long, it's like 10 hours something, baseball documentary by Ken Burns from like 1990. It's like one of his long PBS documentaries. He's done like the Vietnam and Civil War ones. But yeah, I'm watching one on baseball and it's super interesting. It's got that old, like, old timey American music and it feels very soothing after a hard day at work. So um, I think you can buy it on Amazon Prime and all the TV retailers. So go check it out. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I will plug all our things. WSBFUN on Twitter slash X. Wrestling should be fun on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. That's where you can find us. Uh, Show wise, I think it's about 10 days to progress. What's it called? Light of the Dragon. That is an outrageous card. Is it called Light of the Dragon? By the way, it's Muhammad Ali, Mustafa Ali. Uh, So, yeah, with Mustafa Ali, Leon Slater, GYV, Sunshine Machine. There's a Thunder Bastard match in there just for fun. What else is on the card? I say that was enough for me to get me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just a hoot. Yeah, it just seems quite deep. Is it? Um, is that the card with Rio Harley Hudson? Uh, yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, I did see Harley Hudson was on was on a show. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll um, I know a few of us will be going to that one. The um, Royal Rumble night before, I think, is also happening. Yeah. So if you if you see us over to the right hand side of the bar, making up chants that uh, everyone hates, come say hello and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll share a beer or a soft drink or a glass of wine. I found out they did wine in the ballroom last uh, show. What is? It's the next round table. Can, well, actually, I'd like a... Can we do wine tasting at the ballroom? Yeah, I won... Well, I was recently in a wine tasting event last Saturday for my friend Liv's birthday, and I won by bringing the most, the highest scored bottle of wine under £10. Oh, nice one. What was it? What did you go for? It was a Morrison's, I think. I got it from Amazon Fresh, but it had a Morrison's label on. Um, okay. It was Italian wine. I can't remember the name. But oh, all... yeah, that Italian wine. I've, I've yeah. heard of that grape. 
Italian Morrison's wine. Italian. Italian wine in, in Morrison's. Uh, yeah, so... But yeah, yeah. I think they, yeah, we seem to enjoy an Italian red when <laughs> I have it, but I don't know much about them. Montepulciano, maybe? Is, is that something I don't like, know I said R- that in a R- Scouse R- accent. R- but... Riglissio or something? Riglissio? Yeah, is that yeah. wine? I mean, this is great content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if you come and see us, you'll get to get involved in these conversations in the flesh. So imagine that. It's the sort of thing you can uh you can you can look forward to. Uh right, well let's, let's wrap this up because yeah, we've sort of gone off the deep end as we tend to do. So look after no, drink lots of water, look after drink your lots mates. of mates and look after your water. <laughs> drink lots of water, look after your mates. It's time to shut up on my face, Jordan Grace. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.